All right, everybody, welcome to BO Boys for Monday, January 29th. Fuck it. It's a raw feed. We're doing it live from Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. All right, Clayton, this weekend at the box office, it broke the streak, the streak that had been going. And I'm going to look this up because we had a very helpful uh, uh, BO Boy champser. I have it somewhere. I'll get the information. He had it somewhere and then I haven't. Oh, okay. The streak since Friday, September 22nd, 2003. This is the first weekend since then that a movie has not made at least $10 million at the box office. So that uh, the last time that happened was the weekend of September 22nd when none two came in number one with 8.5 million. And since then, there's at least been a $10 million grocer every weekend until now, until this weekend, only single digits. Miller's Girl, the new movie, did not make $10 million. We'll get to exactly how much that did make, but yeah, that's what we're looking at, Clayton, but still a packed show coming up. So why don't we start with a plow for this streak-breaking weekend of Friday, January 26, 2024. Number one, overtaking Mean Girls, The Beekeeper made $7.4 million, down only 14%. It added seven theaters. It's at $42.2 million in its third weekend. Number two, Mean Girls, Fallen from the Perch, $7.3 million, down 37%. It hemorrhaged 282 theaters. It's at $60.8 million in its third weekend. Number three, Wonka made $5.9 million, down 12%. It lost 122 theaters. It's at $195.1 million in its seventh weekend of release. Number four, Migration, made $5.1 million, down 6%. It lost 132 theaters. It's at $101.2 million in its sixth weekend. Number five, Holding Steady, Anyone But You. $4.8 $4.8 million, down only 11%. It dropped four, uh, It dropped 43 theaters, I'm sorry. $71.1 million, Cume, in its sixth weekend. Number six, a newbie fighter made $3.6 million in only 662 theaters. It is at 4.2 in its first week and weekend of release. Number seven, getting a big... Oscar bump, poor things, $3 million plus 43% added 890 theaters. It's at $24.7 million in its eighth week of release. Another one, number eight, American fiction, $2.8 million up 65%. It added 852 theaters. It's at $11.8 million in its seventh weekend of release. Number nine, Aquaman and the lost kingdom, made $2.8 million, down 23%. It lost 305 theaters. It's at $118.1 million in its sixth weekend in release. And number 10, Godzilla minus one, $2.6 million, plus 276% in only 535 theaters. It's at $55 million in its ninth weekend of release. Now, this is the black and white version of this film. Yes. Yes. Well, here's something I want to bring up. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot to talk about, even, even though no movie made 10 million, let's start with Godzilla, uh, minus one, because we did get an email from our 
you know, just uh, a family member of the show here, Danny Eskimology of Ice Screen, You Scream Four, number, number four, four movies. And he wrote uh, two weeks ago because Godzilla minus one has now made over a hundred million dollars domestically. And he wanted to mark that occasion. And now this movie's in the top 10. So I think we have to mark. Wait, wait, wait. No, a hundred million dollars domestically? Worldwide, worldwide. Worldwide. Yeah, no, this yeah, is worldwide. 55. Okay. No, no, I know that. He knows that. We all know that. But still, a hundred million dollars. Well, why did you worldwide. say domestically then? I, I had to call you on it. Did I say domestically? You said domestically. I think I said worldwide. I think I said you worldwide. You said domestically. But I, but oh, but well, that clip. Anyways, oh, anyways, that clip. anyways, that anyways. Cut that clip. I do want to mark that occasion because Danny wanted us to mark it. And uh, he asks us, does Godzilla uh, X-Kong, the new empire, perform going forward with this amazing result from minus one? So does the, the success of minus one help the end of March release of Godzilla X-Kong? So they're not versus. They're Xing each other. Godzilla X-Kong, the new empire. Uh, I mean, I, I think it could only help. I think Godzilla's profile hasn't been higher in decades. You know, Kong previously carried this duo, but now Godzilla, he's got the shine on him, and maybe he is able to, to, to you know, Godzilla's going to be able to get out there and go on the promotional tour and get the kind of bookings he usually doesn't get in the past. Now, first things first, and Pat, I, I'm, I'm coming in a little chippy, you're now, coming in here. chippy for and, a lot and, of reasons here, yeah, yeah. mostly so, your own psychosis and childhood okay. stuff. And yeah. yeah, no, that's not what it is. But anyway, I, I no, no, that's true. I, I, I apologize. Your childhood was great. It's more your adulthood has been a huge problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. Now, um, the X is what the and, and and to have to describe this to you as a millennial, you being a millennial, me being Gen X, I should be the one out of the loop. But an X is a collab, so they are. It's a collab I, between them now. So they're not yeah. fighting. They are collaborating. That is also exactly what I said. They're not fighting anymore. They're a team. Okay. But what I'm yeah, saying yeah. is the X. The voices in your head, I think, are not allowing you to hear what I'm saying. No, what, so. I, what the X signifies a collab, and that is something that you should know as a millennial. Now I'm a Gen Xer, and yes, I also did make it clear that they are teaming up. They're not fighting anymore. Okay. So here's the other thing. Um, Godzilla, I feel like is the reason they like Godzilla minus one is because it's done by people who understand Godzilla. And I've said this previously, Americans don't understand Godzilla. So this Godzilla movie, this Godzilla X Kong mm -hmm. is going to be another middling effort done by Americans that doesn't get Godzilla. So I think, yeah, there's going to be an awareness, but I think people are going to say, Oh, well, minus one is a real Godzilla movie because it's done by people who understand Godzilla. So I think there will be an awareness, but I don't think it's going to give it a big enough bump. I don't think it's going to give it a huge bump. Well, I think that, listen, obviously the 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 super fans of this genre are going to know that these are different studios, different creatives making these movies. But I just think in general people are going to have a more positive feeling about Godzilla than they've had in years. Even if, like you said, it's different uh, uh, creatives behind the scenes, different actor playing Godzilla in the Godzilla X-Kong, the collab, than in Godzilla Minus One. But I do think people are just going to be more excited about Godzilla than they have ever been. 
And yeah, good chance Godzilla collab Kong is going to be mediocre. But I think that opening weekend is going to have a lot more buzz than this movie would have had if Godzilla minus one hadn't happened. Yeah, I mean, his Q score is definitely higher than it has been in a very long time. Right, right. He Listen, Kong is still the star, Yeah, but I don't think they've ever felt more equal going into a collab than they do right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I do think this is positive for that film, definitely. Yeah. But I, I just want to mitigate people's expectations on this that I think still, I mean, that is... Uh, uh, they had a series on Apple TV plus, I think that also ties into this, right? Cause there's a, they're doing that whole, you know, white Russell was in it and it's a, it's, I think in the same universe. Okay. So we're maybe getting some dilution here. Like, I mean, not learning the lesson from the MCU, like make these things special. I know Godzilla mm-hmm. and Kong won't be in this, that TV show or weren't in that TV show, but, I think you gotta just don't dilute your brand, make it special for the big screen. Yeah, although nobody has Apple TV Plus, so I don't think anyone is, there's not enough awareness or access to even do any dilution. You know, they mm-hmm. could they could basically air 600 hours of Godzilla Kong new TV shows on Apple Plus, and it just wouldn't matter because no one's gonna have access to it. But yeah, I think I think to answer Danny, I think it's gonna help. And listen, Godzilla v. Kong back in spring of 2021 was one of the movies that really got us out of COVID, you know, or at least, uh, you know, open theaters, reopen theaters again. People forget what a big hit that movie was day and date on HBO Max at the time and still made over 100 million domestic. So and of course, definitely a fandom here. Versus is the sophomore album by Pearl Jam. It's a Gen X band that I yes. know. I, I don't know what, what your band's like. High I was, musical soundtrack and things like that. I don't know what your music. Was, I but. am a Gen Xer. Yeah. I remember uh, watching the My Sharona scene and reality bites as it happened. I was sad the day Kurt Cobain died. I'm a Gen Xer. So okay. let's move on in this Some, top 10. But he's protesting too much. It feels let's move on in the top 10. We'll get to all the Oscar movies and the bumps they got in a bit. So we'll talk about poor things in American fiction and did uh zone of interest get a big bump. We will talk about that. Clayton. I'd like to jump to, you know, it's a movie we talk about a lot. Anyone, but you have, you heard the news about this Valentine's re-release. Have you, have you heard that yet? No, drop that news on me. Okay, so, uh, and I'm looking at a Reddit post, but this seems to be a confirmed piece of news from our box office that anyone but you is going to have a Valentine's Day edition with an extended runtime of four extra minutes. Um, And it'll, it'll be in the theaters from the second week of February onwards. So four extra minutes. Now, in that Reddit post, there is some speculation that, and this is from a, a Reddit poster. Okay. Apparently, a bunch of saucy stuff was removed, mostly nudity and sex. I doubt it's being put back in, although that would be cool. So that is okay. A Reddit All right, post. here we go. Yeah, yeah. That sounds so, like a Reddit post. That sounds like, well, but to be fair, I would say that Reddit poster was playing it pretty even keeled. That yeah. he, she, they, uh, person, person hopes that the nudity and sex is put back in, but they don't know for sure. They don't know for sure, but Hey, 
listen, now that's out there in the world. Uh, it's out there in the world. Listen, this is and and okay, uh, this isn't just a redditor being horny. Okay, which is something that I'm sure we all come across constantly in our day to day lives is right. People on Reddit being horny. If they do add in nudity and sex, mm-hmm. right? That's a positive. Uh, that's a positive move for culture, because mm-hmm. theatrical films have been sexless for a very long time. Marvel, thank you. DC, thank you. Pixar, mm-hmm. thank you. Not that Pixar should be sexy, uh, you know. But I think that. If they're like, yeah, people are now ready for this, that is a positive move in culture, I think. Right. And and, it's more adult, like people going to the theater to see, you know, people on in 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 like a narrative feature enjoying each other's bodies, which hasn't been happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and the fact that that now, once again, we're thinking that might be a draw, that might be something that gets people to leave the house rather than to lock themselves in their house that yes you know now a, a major studio thinks and listen this is not being confirmed this is a, a a thought thrown out by a redditor that the four extra minutes might have saucy stuff might have yeah nudity but if that is what's in there then sony thinks that that kind of stuff is a draw which is uh you're right it's definitely a shift from the last 10 15 years of studio movies and 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 I, and I also want to uh, you know say this isn't all about Sydney Sweeney, huh? No, we want no. It's, it's more Glenn Powell too. Let's see more of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that that is a great sign for box office. Listen, the main thing is it's a great sign that Sony knows what it has with this movie, and it's not satisfied just to make what it's already made no. and then get it on PVOD, get it on Netflix. They want more box office and the theaters must be loving seeing a studio give this extra effort, you yes. know, and, and, and in terms of the movie theaters, they'll put whatever they need to put on screen to get people to buy that popcorn. Yes. Yes. You know, theaters have shown that oh, oh, since the, since the inception of theaters, that yeah. you could go sit down. They'll put whatever you, they need to put on that screen to get you to buy uh, to buy some candy, buy some like popcorn. Yeah. So it's, it's very exciting. And that's the kind of thing that maybe, you know, what is this movie at right now? It's still at around, it's at 71 million. So it, so, so it's a hundred. Yeah. Paradise has been beaten. Yep. Yep. Is a hundred possible. Is a hundred possible? Is a hundred possible? I guess it depends on what these four extra minutes are going to be. It really does. Mm-hmm. It really does. What's in these four minutes? Well, here's the thing. I do think that this could be a Valentine's Day destination for some people. Yeah. So you're definitely going to get a big Valentine's Day bump. But after that, I feel like the run could be over. I feel like that will be the peak and the culmination. I mean, it'll mm-hmm. still. You know, there'll be still people seeing it, but I think that's when you drop it on PVOD. Yeah. And it starts making the rounds and then eventually ends up on Netflix. So I do think that Valentine's will be the peak. So it's it's probably not gonna get to a hundred. Right, right. If, if that four minutes is four minutes of of hardcore sex, does it get to a hundred million? Let's just put it out there. Just if. If I would hope. 
But I and you've seen this film. You've seen this film. Could is there any possibility based on what is in the existing oh, version? Oh, really? yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. There is nudity in this film. Okay. Um, okay. There is nudity in this film. So yeah, I do. I mean, if it is like Spice Channel level, Spice Channel level. Yeah. Think back and this, uh, you know, reference <laughs> that all us Gen Xers get. I'm there. All us Gen Xers get that reference. Let me descramble it. I'm descrambling it in my brain. Yeah. I'm watching the waves. I'm riding those waves. I see it. Uh, I'd like to get there, but I don't think I can get to 100 mil. What do you think? Spice Channel level four minutes. Does it get to 100 million? Yeah, because I think it brings in a new audience that hasn't seen this film yet. And maybe hasn't seen a film in a theater in a really long time. So you, you know, R.I.P. I think it brings in the Pee Wee audience. Pee Wee audience, okay, yeah, um, or the Fred Willards, if you will, R.I.P. Yep. as well. Yep. Uh, so the trench coat people, yes, the yeah. trench coaters. The I was about coaters. to use another term, and I was like, I, different, uh, different, different, different thing, different kind different thing, different thing, different. Got thing. Out, yeah. you would have had to get out the caution tape, and we were going to have bread on, so we had the caution tape at ready. Yeah, from the new flesh, because he doesn't care. He's listen, he lets it fly. Yeah. No safe spaces a, when it comes to Brett. None. None. Yeah. Uh, from the New Flesh podcast, of course. Great New Flesh podcast. So, uh, hashtag. Horror lifestyle. Horror lifestyle. Of there we go. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. So, so, yeah. I don't I don't see a hundred. I'd love it, though. I would love it. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 going to be. I mean, right now, to me, that's the most interesting thing over the next few weeks. Obviously, we have some big new releases coming out. We got Madam Web, et cetera. But anyone but you, the extra four minutes, can the extra four minutes get it to 100 million domestic? That That's one of the biggest stories of February. So we will well, we'll see. It's also going to be Sweeney versus Sweeney. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, depending on what those four minutes are, Sweeney, anyone but you might beat Sweeney Madam Web on Madam Web's opening weekend. Yeah, but again, it depends on what those four minutes are. Obviously, Reddit is wild with speculation. Um, I don't think even Reddit has mentioned uh, Spice Channel uh, centric content there. But you know, I'm throwing that out there. So who knows? Uh, can I pick the next movie we talk about? Just of briefly? course, go for it. Uh, how about me getting this right? Uh, the beekeeper finally taking over the mountain. And uh, getting to uh, he's it's 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 Queen Bee. I mean, talk about the real Queen Bee, mm-hmm. the beekeeper overtaking Mean Girls, a movie nobody likes. Well, you, you nobody know, likes this movie. You're pretty hard on a movie that is that is made like four times its budget. It's made sixty million. Show me someone who likes it. Show you someone who likes it. Okay, well, listen. Here's the thing. I know of. Three people from where I work who went to go see this movie on Friday. So I will get in touch with them tomorrow Mm -hmm. um, and I will get their opinions and see if any of them liked it and bring it back to you on the next episode. If they're like, no, we didn't really like it. Will you then agree from that sample size, that pretty large sample size Mm -hmm. that nobody likes it? Yes. Okay, yes, good. I will base everything on these three people. Great. 
I love that. Yeah. So beekeeper number one, that's great. I mean, Wonka marching to 200 is big. Migration, migrating over 100 million. I mean, we had really low expectations for this movie, and it's yeah. not a smash by any standard, but this is definitely not a complete clunker like we were worried it could be. Oh, not at all. I mean, it made over 100 million. Yeah. You know, it's now this was illumination, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's illumination knows this kid audience better than any studio, any bunch of creators out there right now. Yeah. They just absolutely. do. They, I mean, migration is B level illumination and it's made over a hundred million dollars domestic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, at this point they completely trounce the Disney and Pixar films, you know, oh. inside out Two we'll do Baffa Bobo, but that is a, franchise that existed before the collapse of of pixar but yeah you, the migration is just a brand new based on nothing you know i uh, a movie that is now done over 100 million disney and pixar just cannot make movies like that right now they can't make animated films based on nothing that do over 100 million yeah no they can't and these re-releases i mean that soul re-release did zero these other re-releases. I mean, Soul, I think, was the one. Uh, I, I amend that. Uh, Turning Red is the one that probably had the best chance of actually doing well in theaters. Mm-hmm. And I think just it's both, it's going to be DOA. And, and Luca is completely DOA. Yeah. W- what has actually come out of those? Only yet? I know Soul. Soul. Only, Only Soul. Soul. Okay. Only Soul. I mean, yeah, in in theory, Turning Red has the best chance to do well of those three. But then what is even doing well at this point for them? I mean, doing well is not doing as well as the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas re-release. Like, it, none of those are even going to sniff Jack no, Skellington's suit pants. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Migration doing well. I mean, Wonka... Uh, is going to Wonka's going to end up being ahead of Dead Reckoning Part One worldwide and The Little Mermaid worldwide. That's big. So it is, yes. you know, it's moving up the worldwide rankings of since it came out in December of 2023 movies. And in Dune Two, wow, again, like you know, that's going to be gigantic. It, it, I mean, after the drought of movies before Mm -hmm. it, I do think, you know, we always talk, and I think you talk about this more than I do this, like pent up anticipation or pent up need to see a movie, any movie. Mm -hmm. I I don't see that for every weekend. I do think that people have gone away from movies being one of the things that is like the first thing in their mind they think of, but something like Dune two with Zendaya and Chalamet, especially after Wonka, it is going to be like water in the desert. Yes. Yes. And, and it's going to, and I think it will have a carry, you know, not to get into too far uh, down the road of a preview, but I think you look at March, March 1st, Dune 2 comes out. I think that is going to be a real boon to everything that comes after in the weeks after. I mean, even though Kung Fu Panda is a different audience, Imaginary is a different audience, those movies that come out on the week after Dune 2, Dune 2, I think, will get people back in the habit of going to the movie yes. theaters again. Yes. And that's going to benefit, I mean, God, Arthur the King, probably not. But, I mean, the one that the one that could ride the coattails a little bit of Dune 2 is maybe that Ghostbusters Frozen Empire, just because 
at least it's getting people in the theaters and they'll see that trailer. But then I think Godzilla collab Kong, the new empire end of March, that'll be the one that benefits the most from Dune 2 teaching people to go back to the movies. Yeah, because that's more of a real big screen experience. I mean, you want to be able to see how big Kong is, how big Godzilla is on an IMAX screen. And uh, people will watch Ghostbusters on IMAX, but it's like, how how tall does uh, Tracy Letts have to be? Right. right. I'm assuming Tracy Letts is in this. Yeah, why did you say Tracy Letts? Oh, because his wife's in the movie. But he was in the first one, but I think I guess it was a very small part. Yeah, yeah, he's a very small part in this first one. Um, all right. So anything else in this weekend's top set? Well, I mean, let's talk about the Oscar bumps. I think let's the Oscar talk about bumps the Oscar bumps. Okay. Okay. And just listeners, we are going to get way into Miller's girl. So stick around for that. But yeah, these are Oscar bumps. What, what stuck stick out around to, for that? <laughs> stick around for that. We're going to get into Miller's girl. We're going to get into it. Stick around for that. Stick around for that. Well, listen, you know, some listeners, uh, maybe maybe they don't think that they want to hear the box office bumps for the zone of interest, but it's it's a little bit of these are the Oscar movies, these are the art movies, and you're just gonna have to deal with it. We're gonna talk about whether the Oscar nom nom noms help these out. Is there anything that stuck out to you about these Oscar movies and the bumps they got post nominations? Did anything did smack you in the face? and feel like a big effing deal. I mean, nothing really smacked me in the face. I mean, I do think Poor Things is, despite the terrible mishandling of it by Searchlight, is uh, doing really well. I think it is, I think it, I think it definitely is a movie that, other than the Barbie snub, is getting, like, a lot of conversation about it now. Mm -hmm. Because people, like, you know, people in the stacks, the the stacks dwellers, the earth dogs, um, they they are seeing it and they're talking mm-hmm. about it, which mm-hmm. is big. So it's now in 2,300 theaters. I mean, it should have been in that a very long time ago, but now yeah. we're there. So $3 million, you know, it's one of those things, a big stars in it. This is a movie with a big star in it. I mean, and this was a movie that didn't have a big star in it, but The Shape of Water, mm-hmm. uh, a a movie that I did not like, but I'm not a critic, huh? Huh? It was a fish fucking movie, and that movie ended up doing pretty well domestically because of its Oscar nominations and subsequent wins. Mm-hmm. Well, and and if you look at what was up, what got all the nominations for Best Picture, Barbie and Oppenheimer, even though they did add theaters this weekend, they had been out for so long, made so much money, they've been on streaming forever. So it was those movies weren't going to get any kind of bump. So it really was the the Poor Things is almost the biggest movie possible that you could go see that got a lot of Oscar nominations. Mm-hmm. I mean, American Fiction also got a good bump, which I love because that movie was so, so, so much better than we expected. And that new trailer for it is so much better than the first one because mm-hmm. it really mm-hmm. shows you that this is like a domestic comedy. This is a a sort of heartfelt family film, which I think mm-hmm. is not, and I don't mean like take your kids to it, but by all means, please take your kids to it. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's like about a family, which I think is great. So I love seeing these in the top 10, even in a sort of week uh, weekend at the box office. Right. I I do wonder if Poor Things is going to be able to keep 
banking and moving up in the rankings the next few weeks because i mean we'll talk about it on our preview episode in a few days you know argyle is the biggest thing opening on friday so it's not like there is anything that's really going to get that audience's interest so the audience that just wants to see the best movie possible the buzziest movie possible in theaters it's still pretty much going to be poor things the next few days i don't think argyle is going to be taking that spot Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it could, you know, the, the benchmark is the favorite, which did what 34 million in its run. So I think it was 32. So, you know, does poor things, it made 3 million this weekend. Does it have eight to 10 million left in this run? I kind of think so. I kind of think it'll play well in February. I mean, this is 34. Also a, you are right. 34. Yeah. This is also a movie that could get a cheeky valentine's type marketing campaign i mean it's 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 risky you know for those who oh it's very risky yes but searchlight could do a you know this is the date movie for valentine's is poor things they could yeah, I like, think it's there. You can't really do that American fiction. There's no romance at the center of this. Not that there's really a romance in poor things, but there's there's stuff that yes. I think you could work into a fun Valentine's weekend commercial. Yeah, yeah. And and I, and I also think I mean it is a hard movie to. It, it, thank God Emma Stone was in it, and mm. Yorgos, you know, has a bit of a name with a certain group of people that this movie was even, you know, able to be marketed the way it was just because it is a tough movie to market. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, right now I'm trying to figure out the Valentine's marketing for, and it's tough it's because, tough, but it's there. You don't, it, but you also don't want to sell something that it's not. Yeah. You don't want to sell something. That's and not, you also yeah. don't want to diminish the things that it's actually saying and doing. You by don't being like it's a sex comedy, which it, yeah. It is but not right yeah 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 yeah. critics huh huh um yeah that i mean obviously that's the movie that has the best chance of gaining something from the oscar nom nom noms i mean you know i'll bring it up just because this is the the bungling of this release i think is the one that hurts the most is the holdovers uh, you know, they added theaters last weekend. It was in 127 theaters this past weekend. It was, uh, over 1200 theaters and it went from making $77,000 last weekend to 520,000. So it made half a million dollars this weekend, but it's a movie that's been on PVOD since before Thanksgiving. It's a movie that has been on Peacock for about a month mm-hmm. now, probably more, more than a month. Um, it, you know, this is a movie, this is another one of those movies, like we said, that should have had an earlier wide release and should have had a more exclusive theatrical window. And obviously people are going to get more interest in seeing this movie after it's up for best picture. But I think this is a movie that people would have seen back in November if they had access to it, which never really happened. The, the most movie theaters The Holdovers was ever in was 1600 theaters and it was only in a thousand theaters for three weeks after after already being put on pvod it's that's terrible it's terrible i mean this thing could have been a hit 
because yeah. it is a great movie. It is a humane film. It is a movie that you can have anybody watch. I mean, there's nothing truly filthy in it. There's, you know, it is, it is one of those movies that is just like a good time for everyone. Yeah. And it's a shame that it didn't even make it to 20. It didn't even, well, it didn't yet. It's at 19.3 and made 520,000 this past weekend. I wonder if they could get it over that line, you know, and get it to 20 million. At least that'll just feel like a cleaner number. So I, I hope that happens. Yeah, I do too. Um, so zone of interest, you wanted to mention that $1 million plus 142%. It's in 317 theaters, which is a plus of 235 theaters. So it's a $3 million in its seventh weekend of release. I mean, does not really have a shot to win best picture, but it is a best picture mm-hmm. film. So, uh, I mean, this for me as an Oscar watcher, it gives me more of an opportunity to see this in theaters, which I am begrudgingly going to do. Not that I don't think it'll probably be good. It just does not seem like a good time, which things don't always have to be a good time to be worth your time. Is there, is there, and I know we're talking a lot now about like possible marketing, possible new commercials. Is there a new commercial for zone of interest that really does highlight the big box office jump it had this weekend. I mean, should they just plaster a commercial, come see the zone of interest up 142% in theaters last weekend, made over a million dollars, just get the box office number in the commercial. Zone of interest expanding up 142%, catching fire at the box office, you know, just like really just getting that in there, like a peppier just add that that makes this seem like the the big thing to 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 do right now and i true i truly thought and i know maybe it was because we thought brett was going to be on the show so we were going to be no holds barred you know Mm -hmm. um that you were going to say is there a way to make this a valentine's movie okay that's what i thought you were going to say and i was searching my brain and i thought Probably not. Probably I mean, not. I haven't seen this film. It is it. It is a a. From what I've heard, it is a drama centered around a, a like a a married couple. Yeah. So I mean, you could have just a scene of one of the people in the couple who happen to be of a certain proclivity. Um, they're Nazis, correct? I haven't seen the film. I haven't seen the okay. film. Um, one giving the other flowers. Um, mm. If there is a scene like that or one clipping flowers and making a bouquet. Right. And then that's the scene you show. And then you say this Valentine's is zone of interest. I, I think I'd be in very poor taste. Right. Um, right. And I right. wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it either. But But you gave me a prompt and I was using my marketing mind. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I would stick more with with the like this movie jumped it. 142% box office. You got to see it. The zone of interest focus more on the, the positive uh, results from last weekend and let people feel like there's a happening, you know, again, I, I, this thing is, is not for general audiences. So it's, it would be very hard for it to break out bigger than this. Yes. Yes, probably. But you know, I think they should try. I think they should try now. Okay. So we're going to get to Miller's girl. We but I do it. have to point out we got that mm-hmm. the color purple okay. is dead. 
This movie has only Where been out for five it? weeks. It is down to 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Number 21. Wow. $430,000. It is only in 503 theaters. Wow. It is, it is only a few spots above Trolls Band Together in yes. its 11th weekend. And Hunger Games, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Killer of the Flower Moon is right under that. What happened to the color purple? This is something I think we need to like investigate. Like how this movie went from a possible surprise smash with its amazing first day numbers. Yep. $18 million Christmas Day. Yep. To five weeks later being in the cellar. Yeah. Not being in contention for best picture, having yeah. one, I think probably one, one, there's maybe more than one nomination, but one big nomination, which is the supporting actress. Mm-hmm. What happened with the color purple? It is shocking to me that this movie, I, I'm not shocked that it didn't break out in a big way necessarily, but I'm shocked that it is where it is this quickly. Yeah, yeah, I I didn't realize it had fallen that far down the rankings. It's behind Oppenheimer. Yeah, Oppenheimer Oppen- had it got a bump. Oppenheimer got a, a re-release. I guess it did it must have gotten in a bunch of IMAXs again this weekend. Is that what happened? Um but it, it got a bump it added a thousand theaters. Yeah, it uh I mean it didn't get the Oscar nominations and then the Oscar nominee movies all jumped ahead of it this weekend. It, you know, it made 60 million. Obviously Warner brothers was hoping it would make a lot more. I think it, it costs enough that they would have hoped it made more, but it just, you know, it just didn't take off. And I think Warner brothers, once they saw the first couple of, you know, the, after a few weeks, they put all their eggs into promoting Wonka and to kind of into not promoting Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, because as we said, that movie famously got its premiere at a Knights of Columbus Hall. But, you know, that movie did better than people were thinking it would do. And I think Warner Brothers just sort of like ended up moving Color Purple to like third on its list of what it cared about. I think genuinely it was Wonka that pushed it out. It wasn't Aquaman. They had already lost yeah, so much yeah. money on Aquaman. And like they yeah. really did sort of stop promoting that movie. Yeah, they just they, promoted Wonka. Yeah. They promoted Wonka, right? So yeah. Uh yeah, that's gonna be interesting. But but let's get to the meat. This is what you wanted people to wait for. This was your yeah, this, this is, is your weather at the end of the local news. This is yeah. Miller's Girl, which opened yeah. in 23rd place. With three hundred and twenty-one thousand dollars in three hundred and fifty theaters. Now this is under a mm-hmm. movie, my number one movie of the year, All of Us Strangers. Okay, that's your number one movie of the year. Wow, which is only that. in two hundred and seventy-five theaters, and has made three million dollars in six weeks. It somehow placed above a brand new film uh-huh. starring. Jenna, Jenna Ortega, Jenna Ortega. Yeah. Um, Yeah. When we did our predictions episode and we predicted the results for Miller's girl starring Jenna Ortega, we did not realize just how few theaters 
this movie was opening in. Well, the theater counts weren't out. So theater the counts expectations, were not I mean, I said Armageddon time because my expectation was this was going to open in 800 to 1,000 theaters. Mm-hmm. So extrapolate that out. I mean, it's possible this thing made $800,000 if it opened in 1,000 theaters. It opened in 350 theaters. And this is a movie, Lionsgate release, yeah. also produced by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Yeah. Is this the the smallest rollout of a Seth Rogen produced movie ever? It sort of would have to be. I, I couldn't imagine, you know, I couldn't imagine anything smaller. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know of any other like art house type movies he's ever produced. And this is not an art house type movie. This is a movie that seemed like it was produced with, uh, I mean, as as Brett of the New Flesh said in his review, titillating audiences. Yeah. And, and getting them out to the movie theater. But in the end, they only put it in 350 theaters. I mean, listen, the Lionsgate situation is... Uh, is really something that for everyone to keep their eye on. Cause I mean, that is a studio that I think does not know what it is anymore. And, you know, I mean, they had the hunger, ga- they had the hunger games, huge hit. So saw they want to get X? their IP. They had saw, they've got their IPs. John wick. Yeah. John wick saw X hunger Games. So they've definitely got their IPs, but when it comes to non you know, non Lionsgate IP movies. I, I don't think the studio feels confident in releasing movies wide. Um, well, l- I mean, let's also say it. We both saw this film. Mm-hmm. We, we have both script. seen Miller's Girl this weekend, starring starring Jenna Ortega. We both saw Jenna this film, Ortega. And now, having seen it, is there a world in which Lionsgate should have given this a wider release? Like, should this have been a movie they tried to actually make money off? I mean, this, I don't even know what this 350 theater release is. Is it just, they were contractually obligated by probably by Seth Rogen. Yeah. I mean, I think it's funny that like, even, and we don't know this for a fact, but even with the clout, someone like him and his partner have yeah, hit movies. And they continue to produce movies that are hits. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that he Teenage only Ninja Turtles. Yeah, that he only got three hundred and fifty guaranteed for this movie right. shows how hard it is to get anything that isn't some sort of genre put out in theaters. Yeah. So this type of movie isn't getting made initially with the thought that they're only going to put it in 350 theaters. You know, I don't think that you make a, it's not a sex thriller, that's for sure, but a, 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 you know, this is not an Oscar bait movie in any way. No. This is not a movie that, okay, we're making this small movie because it might win awards. It's good. Or it's a passion project. I'm sure everyone was very passionate about making it, but it doesn't feel like, that type of movie. It feels like a movie that, Hey, we've got this sexy script and we've got Jenna Ortega, this young rising star in it. And we think we could make some money on this. People will go see it. And I don't think when they were putting this together, the thought was, we're only going to put it in 325 theaters. Yeah. I mean, I think this was something changed. I think this was a blacklist script. Okay. 
Um, yeah, I, I think it's a, a case of Lionsgate as a studio that is probably pretty cash strapped and is going to be very, very gun shy about giving a wide release to anything that's not one of their Saw, Hunger Games, John Wick, like sure thing IP movies. Well, let's be honest here. Like, be honest. This movie, I had I watched it and I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was great, but it is a sort of movie that was at a time made more. Like they mm-hmm. made more movies sort of like this, right? With the expectation that it would do okay in the theater and then sell like mad on VHS. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. Because this is a movie that back in my day, Gen X, my uh, day as well. Both okay. our day. Not really, but you would rent movies uh, to be titillated. Yes. Because you not you maybe couldn't get into the theater to see this movie because you were not of age, um, and then you would you know watch these movies to get titillated. And I think that is one of those things where that sort of is where it lives. So without that, like without that sort of, and I always talk about the pipeline, but without that sort of pipeline, it's like this movie, I don't want movies to go straight to streaming, but this movie almost makes more sense as like going straight to streaming. So like if this would go right, I mean, it basically is, it basically is. Yeah. So like, this is a movie that I could see if it premieres on stars, that being a big deal because Jenna, Ortega yes. is yeah, in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it. I mean, it, it, this 350 theater release with absolutely no promotion. I mean, they spent nothing on commercials, on billboards, on pop-up ads. Like, you know, no. there, there's no, she you know, didn't eat the wings. Sydney Sweeney was eating the wings. Yeah. Jenna Ortega, Jenna was, not, Ortega was not eating the wings, was not eating the wings to promote this. So, I mean, it's a, just contractual obligation theatrical release. Yeah. Um, but it's basically going to be new to streaming whenever it goes to it. I, I think Lionsgate, they own stars. So most likely that I guess is where it goes. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll talk about this now as a movie, because I do think if this movie were to end up on Netflix in a couple of weeks, it would be, uh, as talked about as any movie is when they drop on Netflix. I, I think this would be millions and millions of people would watch it. And I think they'd watch it to completion. Yeah. It's, it's also an hour and a half. Yeah. Which is great. Um, so and we there's both some saw fun this- performances. They would be like, we need to talk about blank in Miller's girl. Yeah. Well, and it who, wouldn't who, be Jenna Ortega. Who who do you think they would talk about? We both seen this. Go for it. Who 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 titillated you in the, watching this film? Well, I'm gonna say. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like now you're putting me on the spot because I don't remember the actor's name. Okay. But, uh, they were married to Martin Freeman in this film. Okay, so you the 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 uh, Dagmara Domenchik. Uh, you know, listen, that that's my best try. But she is an actress who was in The Lost Daughter. She's on Succession. She plays Martin Freeman's wife in this film. I agree. This is just a balls-out, bombastic, titillating, and entertaining performance. 
from yes. that actress, Dagmara. I mean, it's 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 a great performance. She steals this movie. Would have, I I think if if people had a chance to see this performance on a big screen, they also would love it. They also would be titillated by it. Yeah. Um, and I think when when that performance of hers gets to Netflix, it's going to be just a, a huge talking point. People are yeah. going to love it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I think their dynamic, her and Martin Freeman, is very, very over the top and very fun. Yeah, yeah. It's it's great to see a married couple enjoy each other as much as they did. And uh, even with all the stuff he was up to, we won't spoil it, huh? But obviously, yeah. you know, he's you see the trailer, Martin Freeman, uh, Jenna Ortega, you know, he's getting up to stuff. Yeah. And. It's a, incredible how long the wife character, I think, seems to indulge him getting up to stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's it's one of the things that makes this movie uh, much more entertaining than I thought it was going to be. And here's something I'll throw out there having seen this movie. It's a movie set in a high school. Mm-hmm and sparsely populated high school that's the thing i i I, it's obviously a matter of budget but i think it worked for the movie and how bizarre it all felt that there were basically four actors who appeared in this movie that was set in a high school not in a high school it's not the holdovers where it's in between uh uh, semesters Mm -hmm. this is during the school year they're in class constantly we almost never see any students other than the ones played by Jenna Ortega and her one friend. No, they're all extras and they, they, they show up very sparingly, but I I mean, it's a budgetary thing, but I also think it does sort of work for this piece because it does not feel like reality. It does feel Mm -hmm. like very novelistic and it does because it's all about stories and it's about writing and things. So I think, it's very much like putting anybody else that isn't important to the story in the back burner is important to this film. And it also saves a lot of money. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the one or two times you see any students other than them, it feels like the crowd scenes in gladiator. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I also do want to call out another great performance. Uh, okay. Gideon Ad- Adlon. Okay. Who was, who was in blockers. Oh, okay. The Mustang. So she played Winnie in this. She's great. She's great. And that's a very interesting performance that I really enjoyed as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it it the, the there's a scene when she's on a desk, and she's talking to another teacher. Which which interesting about Miller's Girl is that there's multiple teachers mm-hmm. who this movie could have been about. In sort of the same plot. Yeah. Um, which you don't get from the trailer. You don't realize that basically there's two Miller's Girl situations happening in the same Miller's Girl. Yeah, movie. yeah. Um, yeah, she was great. Everyone is so going for it in this movie. Mm-hmm. And there is a time in which, you know, listen, one of my... Gen X classics we talked about it a little bit last week in the preview, the crush that movie opened up in 1700 theaters back in 1993. Great time for us Gen Xers. And there is a world in which Miller's place 
opens up in 1500, 2000 theater. Miller's Girl. Miller's Girl, right. Miller's Girl opens up in 1500, 2000. Very, you're very offended by that, that I said Miller's Place instead of Miller's Just because then it'll be another thing we just keep saying, and I don't want Uh, that to be the case. Right. Yeah, that's right. I I forgot. I'm the the mush mouth of the two of us. Um, So. Wow. Okay. You're chippy too. I see. I love it. Bring it. Yeah. It's great radio. It's It's great radio. radio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a world in which Miller's girl, there you go. Miller's girl opens in 2000 theaters and people are really talking about this movie. Listen, there's never a world in which this movie is opening to 15, $20 million big hit. That was never going to happen. No, but a different time, a different audience, a bigger, uh, release rollout, some promotion. I think these type of performances, in this movie actually would have gotten some attention and they will definitely when this movie goes to Netflix, probably not on stars. I think on stars, no one's also going to talk about this. Yeah. But um, I think also, cause we, we were talking when we didn't know what, how many theaters is going to be released in, you know, this is the worst of both worlds because people don't know it's in theaters. They don't look at it as a theatrical movie. So even putting it in 350 theaters sort of negates that this being an actual movie because yeah. people are not going to know. I mean, of course, the many, many, many wanna be oh boys, wanna be oh girls, wanna be oh people. People, they know. They know. Yeah. Uh, so they'll look at it as a real movie. But right. the general population will be this is a new movie I found on streaming. And oh my God, we need to talk about yeah. Winnie, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm glad I saw this. I'll say that. I'm oh, very I'm too. I, I mean, I wish there was more movies like this in theaters. I just wish there was like more opportunities for this sort of not great, but interesting, fun performances and uh, movies with like, you know, stars like this in mm-hmm. roles that aren't, you know, being fly woman or whatever. Right. Well, I mean, look at Martin Freeman. I mean, his... He's been uh, he was in the the Black Panther movies, the MCU movies, and yeah. he's had his scenes where he's sitting in a in a spaceship and in front of a green screen and yelling pew 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 and yeah, you know yeah, doing that. Yeah. And in this movie, he got to be an adult. He got to do a southern accent. Yes, he got he got to to you know be in a sexy scene in the rain. Yeah, and be a real man in this movie. Yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like an actual you by, by real man, you mean actual person, not like a fictitious like comic yes. character. That's yes, not not a guy who's half you know who's half man, half you know uh, space robot or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Um. Did you did you and everyone's doing southern accents, and I thought it worked. Yeah, I mean because I think they did it enough, but not too much. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. So that is Miller's girl. Everyone. I can't say go see it. Cause uh, will it be it's at impossible. any theaters this weekend? No, no, no. 300. I believe it'll be three fifty this weekend. And then I do believe it has to be gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So then I think that's it. Obviously. Any, anything else you want to get to? No. Okay. So email us the BO boys podcast at gmail.com. And in fact, I'm going to check right now uh, if we got any emails that we need to get to here. 
do do do. Okay, here's here's one that I do want to put out there. We got wannabe oh boy Jason had some thoughts about Oscar snubs, and I want to highlight one that he put out there. Uh, man, I have some thoughts, but I usually chat about animation, and he brings up Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Look, uh-huh. I'm old. I like this movie, but the older CGI movie is still my fave. That said, it is an absolute groundbreaking movie and pushing the boundaries of what anim- animation can be. You have the usual CGI crap, or you have this. The Oscars are meant to celebrate movies like this, and it's a huge snub. I, you know what? Thank you, Jason, because we did not say the name of these turtles when we did our Oscar Reacts episode last yeah. week. This movie did not get nominated for Best Animated Feature Film, and this was a hit, big box office hit last mm-hmm. summer at a time when no one could promote any movies. Yeah. And, and so sans any actor promotion... That movie made over $100 million at the box office in August. And I agree with Jason. This should have got the spot, I think, should have got the spot that Elemental got. A hundred percent. Because that was just a run-of-the-mill Pixar sort of same style. I mean, yeah, they tweaked it a little bit. They always do a little bit, but they never make it super unique. This was a really cool, unique style of animation. And I'm not an animation guy. I think it's for babies. But... I understand the appeal to the younger generation Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the fact that this was different and it was a little bit more gross than most animation is most too too clean. And this Mm -hmm. was yeah. Gooey and gross. And I, I appreciated that. And so, yeah, I do think that's a big snub that nobody's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Mutant mayhem should have been up for best animated picture. So thank you. Want to be oh boy, Jason for calling that out. And of course, Email us, the Boys Podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on social media at the Boys Pod. Want to BO senior intern Christopher killing it with the clips across Twitter X and TikTok. Keep doing a great job there, Christopher. And of course, want to BO junior intern Jack. He has brought our sub stack back. He's got a new article up right now. He's analyzing this weekend at the box office. He's got preview articles up every single week results articles he's got uh uh he's going through movies that meant something to him of course he's got that rising stars to watch in 2024 that he put up there last week that is a must read if you haven't subscribed to the bo boys Substack, you gotta do it and check out that rising stars article controversial controversial mm. article yeah um but a must read so uh, there's that five star reviews on Apple Podcasts, and of course we are YouTubers. If you haven't already, subscribe to the Bo Boys Podcast YouTube Network. Watch us there. We've got exclusive web exclusive content on there, as well as full episodes and clips. So go subscribe to us on YouTube. And I think that's it, Clayton. Yeah, I don't think there's anything left to say. No, nothing. Except for. Next time. Well, smash.